well, we have a new month. We are in February. We're in it already. <laughs> we have a new theme, right? Welcome to February, and it's new theme, Curiosity as a Superpower. Yay. Gives me a lot to think about. I was just like, hmm, interesting. You know, the themes come from the Science of Mind magazine. That's where we get them from. So if you go into the Resource Center, they have magazines for sale. If you don't have a subscription to them, you can pick up one right here in the Resource Center. And so our theme just coordinates with theirs. And so there's articles in there about curiosity as a superpower. So check it out. Anyway, so when I started thinking about curiosity, you know, the first thing that came to mind is that old saying. I don't know why, but it's the first thing that came to my mind, right? Curiosity killed the cat. I mean, we, ooh, sorry. <laughs> we, all, we all, you know, have heard of that. And actually, I was going to name that talk. I was going to name this talk that, Curiosity Killed the Cat. And John said, really? Honestly? Do you want to? I don't think so. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fine. So I changed it to Passionately Curious because of that lovely quote from Albert Einstein, right, that, that you heard Cindy May said about how, you know, he's not nothing special about him, different about him, but that he is passionately curious, and I love that. But going back to that saying, curiosity killed, aren't you curious about it? Curiosity killed the cat? Actually, that saying originated in 1598, and it came in a, uh, from a play, Every Man in His Humor, which was written by Ben Jonson and then co-opted by um, William Shakespeare. And the original phrase was, care killed the cat. Care killed the cat. And in this particular meaning, the, the word care meant worries, right? You know, you know the, old, the old song, I forget your troubles, come on, get happy, right? Chase all your cares away. Well, cares, in this case, meant worries. So what they were saying was worries um, killed the cat. And the first reference to the modern saying, curiosity, dates back to 1873. Curiosity killed the cat was recorded in um, James Allen Muir's book, uh, Handbook of Proverbs, American, Scottish, English, Irish, whatever. And so the whole saying, though, is curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. <laughs> Don't you love that? I think that's the whole nine lives of a cat thing. And the implication here is a person asking too many questions is risking it, right? Don't be nosy. Don't, you know, stick your, your, your nose in, in places it doesn't belong. But we'll be happier when we find things out regardless of the warning, right? So we still do it. Keep your nose out of other people's business, but we still do it. And so I, it just sent me on this path of curiosity quotes. And so I found these. Uh, this one from Harry Lorraine. Curiosity killed the cat, but where human beings are concerned, the only thing a healthy curiosity can kill is ignorance. And I like that. I do like that. Yeah. And from Lynn Nodage, replace judgment with curiosity. Right? I mean, these are healthy ways to look at it. Dave Ulrich said, curiosity is an event. Creativity is a sustained process. And that uh, from E.E. E. Cummings, once we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. Yeah, and Pima Chodron said, let your curiosity be greater than your fear. 
I love that, and I think that's where that curiosity is your superpower. The theme for the month comes, comes in. We'll talk about that in Sundays to come. And the last one I have is from Danielle Laporte, who said, your curiosity is your growth point always. And I just love that. And that is why curiosity is your superpower, right? Because it sets us on our growing edge. It sets us on our growing edge. It leads to discovery. Discovery leads to creativity. Or the other way around. Curiosity leads to creativity. Creativity leads to discovery. However it unfolds, right, in your life, it just, it, it grows us. Curiosity grows us. We are here to create. Spirit has set us in motion to create. Spirit has invested itself in us. Spirit creates, we create. Because we're an outpicturing of the divine with all of the qualities of the divine. So we do on the microcosm as spirit does in the macro. We are here to create, to discover and create, to be a reflection of the creator itself. Curiosity, curiosity has a different effect on everybody, right? Don't you? You do things differently than anybody else, but we're still driven by that same curiosity. Some people are finders. And connectors, right? Do you do that? You find patterns in your life. You find where things are interrelated, how they interact with other things. We discover the interconnectedness of all life. We discover patterns and the way things fit together in our life. Right? We are set out to, to, by curiosity to discover those things. Other people are miners when it comes to curiosity, right? They go deep down. They drill down into something, one thing, until they know more and more about less and less, <laughs> right? But it's, it's a different type of curiosity, but it drives us. For some people, curiosity is conceptual. For others, well, it's actionable, right? So then you have theory and you have practice. So curiosity affects everybody differently. To be curious is an active decision we make. When something comes to us like, well, what am I going to do with this? You know, what's all this about, right? Curiosity is, is it's a decision that we make because our natural inclination tends to, we tend to shrink life down into manageable and reliable bits so that our lives can be predictable and secure, right? I know this. I know how to do this. I'll just keep doing this, right? We have a tendency to try to shrink it down. And it's also influenced from the outside too, right? Don't rock the boat. Don't rock the boat. We're told that when we're little. Don't question authority. Because I said so, that's why. <laughs> Don't ask. Don't ask. And then we stop asking questions because it's kind of beaten out of us, isn't it? At some point, we just stop asking those questions. But questions are the currency of curiosity. Right? Man, why, why, why? Ernest Holmes, he was the youngest of nine boys. And they called him the question mark because practically from the day he was born, he kept saying, why? But why? But why? But why? But why? 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 His whole life. So they called him the little question mark. And in Help for Today, this is what he said. He said, Emerson, Gandhi, Einstein were men at whom the world marveled, believing they were created quite differently than you and I. But actually, these famous men achieved their greatness by awakening within themselves an irrepressible curiosity about their creator, the laws by which their creator sustained humankind, and the power of their own individuality. 
which through faith could broaden and expand their relationship with their creator. Being passionately curious is to be a lifelong learner. And, and if you didn't know it, know it now that that's what you are. You are a lifelong learner. You know, they did a study years and years ago, uh, a sociology study about people in new thought. And one of the most common traits about people in new thought is that they are lifelong learners. They were never satisfied with just accepting things without challenging it and seeking it, trying to find different and better and deeper answers. <clears throat> Most of us in new thought are that. We are passionately curious. We are lifelong learners. You're here because perhaps you questioned your, um, your religion of, of your birth, right? Of your birth family. Or maybe you're here because your family had no religion when you were growing up, or you're here because you sought something to believe in, or, or you sought something that would answer the questions of your own personal cosmology, right? The, the fact that, you know, the universe is so vast and still expanding, and what is my part in it? We seek and hopefully find a philosophy that answers our questions about life and about our place in it to our satisfaction. And that's really what brought us here. And I love that quote from Einstein about being passionately curious, but here's what else he said. <clears throat> Einstein said, the important thing is to not stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing. One cannot help but be in awe when one contemplates the mysteries of eternity, of life, of the marvelous structure of reality. It's, it's enough if one tries to comprehend only a little of this mystery every day. Only a little, right? So here's the thing. We're letting everybody off the hook right here and now. I don't know is a perfectly reasonable answer, okay? Just breathe that in, because you don't have to know it all, right? Just breathe it in. I don't know is a perfectly good answer. Remember when we were children and we looked up the adults all around us? And they explained it all to us. And so it was natural for us to believe at some point, when we got old enough, we'd know everything too, right? We'd know all the answers. So I don't know became unacceptable to us at some point, right? We couldn't say I don't know. But saying I don't know is the beginning of seeking and being curious and discovery, right? Someone said, I think it was, oh God, what was it? Wait, let me find it. Um, uh, uh, Sacha Nadala, I think he's with Microsoft, I don't know for sure, but he said, don't be a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all. I love that, right? Don't be a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all. We cannot, we cannot learn anything if, we're, if, we're, if we know everything, right? You know those people, right? You just go to say something, and then they say, well, actually, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever. It's like, ah, no, I don't know. We don't know it all. And and we can't put anything into a full cup, right? You can't put anything into a full cup. So we have to empty ourselves out. There is an old, old Zen story um, where people traveled you know, far and wide to sit at the feet of this Zen master. And he would then teach them the way of enlightenment. And on this particular day, a scholar went to see him and asked him for advice. He said, I've come to ask you to teach me about Zen. 
And soon it became obvious the scholar was full of his own opinions <laughs> and his own knowledge, and he interrupted the master continuously and repeatedly with his own stories, and he failed to listen to what the master had to say. And the master calmly suggested they have some tea. So the master poured his guest a cup, and the cup was filled. Yet he kept pouring the tea until it overflowed the cup and the saucer, and then started spilling out onto the floor, and finally onto the scholar's robes. And the scholar cried, stop, stop, the cup is full already, can't you see? And the Zen master said, exactly. You are like this cup, so full of ideas that nothing more will fit in. Come back tomorrow with an empty cup. Come back tomorrow with an empty cup. And really, that's, that's our life, isn't it? We're setting out on this journey of discovery, this journey of putting our lives together, what works and what doesn't work, and what we believe in. When we are empty, when we don't know, we're ready to receive. We're ready to look at things differently. We're ready to be passionately curious. We can receive insight and knowledge and understanding and enlightenment when we don't know when we're open and available. We become passionately curious because we have the room, because we don't know. We're open. Every day is a new day filled with the unknown. We look at the mysteries as a challenge, right? Don't you? You're like your own little private detective of your life. What works? What doesn't work? We can look at life as a grand adventure. There are things to discover. There are new paths to take all the time. There are new understandings to gain. There are new things to question every day, right? It's not the same thing. It's not Groundhog Day. <laughs> Just had Groundhog Day, but it's not Groundhog Day. There's always new things to discover every morning when you open your eyes. It is a new and, and different day. Helen Keller said, life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. I love that. In Ernest Holmes, in, in the philosophy of Emerson, he said, the insistent demand of nature arises, arouses, I'm sorry, our curiosity, stimulates us to accomplishment, and places us from one position into another with an irresistible demand. Unity must pass into variety. All nature is unified at the center. Humans who are in rapport with nature, find the table spread before us in the wilderness, at home on the sea, and we have fellowship in the forest where everywhere falls into easy relationships with our fellow humans. We are on this path of human discovery, of spiritual enlightenment, but we're on it together. Right? Like Ram Dass said, we're walking each other home. We are assisting each other on this journey. We're holding each other up with our insight, with our consciousness. And, and what makes the journey is that passionate curiosity. Don't ever, ever, ever stop questioning everything. Right? Don't stop questioning even your own spiritual beliefs. I mean, when you walked in the door of vision the first time, some of us went, hmm, I don't know. Let me listen a little more. I'm not sure. Okay. Some of us come in and went, oh my God, I'm home. <laughs> finally, finally, a, a spiritual philosophy that, that resonates with my own. 
But that desire to learn, the desire to know, the desire to question, remember questions, the currency of curiosity. And, and, and open, be open to transformation, the desire to know, the desire to learn, and the desire to continue to transform. We are lifelong learners. We are passionately curious about what is within us and what is all around us. Let's continue to learn together. Thank you. Thank you.